you have a problem, and if your first choice isn't available, maybe you can hire the B Team. Hello church, my name is Kevin Haynes and I've been a member at First Christian Church for 11 years. You can usually find my wife Kelly and me in the 945 service and I serve as a small group leader at NFCC Students, which is where we're filming at today. All this talk about Father's Day has me thinking about a non-traditional father figure in the Bible named Mordecai. Mordecai had a daughter named Esther, though we learn in Esther 2 that Mordecai wasn't Esther's biological father. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jair, son of Shimei, son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Jehoiachin, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadesha, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother had died. Mordecai wasn't Esther's biological father, but God used Mordecai throughout the story to guide her and ultimately save the Jewish people from destruction. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, and I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. The people were saved because Mordecai chose to be a father to a girl who didn't have one. There is so much more to this story. I suggest that you read all of it to see exactly what was going on and how Mordecai influenced Esther and how they ended up saving all of the Jewish people. We should be like Mordecai. We don't have to have biological children to have a part in guiding the next generation. We have a responsibility to partner with parents and our youth as they figure out who they are becoming and what their lives are going to be about. God wants to use all of us to raise the next generation. As Ethan illustrated in last week's message, it matters who you listen to. It matters who your mentor is, especially when you're older. Mentorship matters, and who you listen to changes who you are. Don't be stingy with your wisdom and your life experiences. I have found this to be true throughout my life. 
We were never able to have children, but that hasn't stopped me from investing in my niece and my nephews, investing in our youth through TCTC and stateside mission trips, investing in my high school small group that I've been with for almost five years now. So this Father's Day, I hope that you'll choose to be a Mordecai to an Esther in your life. Get involved in this work. Become a godly mentor to someone. If you're a college student, or if biological children have not been part of God's plan for you for whatever reason, or if you've already raised your children, I challenge you to invest in the next generation and inspire our youth today for all of our tomorrows. Hi church, I'm Connor and I'm the elementary minister here at First Christian. Behind me you can see that we are getting ready for day camp this week. And by the time you see this, we'll have had an awesome week of sharing God's love through God's people to lots of kids and their families. This Sunday is Father's Day and it's got me thinking a lot about my dad. My dad was and still is amazing. Honestly, I could probably talk forever about how great my dad is because I'm a little biased, but he's the best. However, that's not exactly the point I'm trying to make today. My dad is great, but he isn't perfect. It might seem kind of odd, but one of my favorite things about my dad are his hands. See, my dad's hands are rough and coarse and calloused. His hands actually remind me of a song called Daddy's Hands. And in the song, it says, Daddy's hands weren't always gentle, but I've come to understand that there was always love in Daddy's hands. See, his hands are coarse and calloused because he spent my entire life working hard to bless my family with a safe home that was filled with love. And along the way, he wasn't the perfect parent, but he didn't have to be perfect to bless us. And that's also true of one of the dads in the Bible that often gets overshadowed by his 13 kids. Jacob wasn't winning awards for being the father of the year. Actually, from what we can tell from his story in the first book of the Bible, he was kind of a mixed bag at best. There are several stories like Genesis 33, 1-4, where Jacob focused on his own well-being over those closest to him. He famously gets his son Joseph sold into slavery because he was favoring him over his brothers. Jacob wasn't the perfect father, but at the end of the day, Jacob is remembered fondly because from his loving hands came the blessing for his sons in Genesis 37, one through four. He didn't have to be perfect to bless his kids. All fathers are only human. They aren't perfect, but they don't have to be to bless their children. This is the truth we want to send with you today. Every dad, every person, in fact, can bless the next generation, even if they aren't perfect. And that's good news for us, right? Because none of us are perfect. All of us are going to have moments where we say the wrong thing. We'll have the moments where we don't say the right thing at the right time. And we'll have moments where we just end up making the wrong choice. Thankfully, those imperfect moments aren't the ones that are remembered. What I remember most about my dad from my childhood are the moments where he used those rough, callous hands to teach me to ride a bike. And he was there every time to pick me up when I fell. And when he taught me to play baseball. And we would spend hours in the backyard just playing catch. And when he taught me to love planting flowers and to really appreciate the beauty of God's creation. The moments that I remembered are the moments of blessing. 
This Father's Day, I hope you'll choose to bless the next generation. I hope you choose to bless your children and to bless the children around you. Happy Father's Day. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I've been a member of FCC for 10 years. We came to FCC when my son Connor was about nine years old. Initially, he came with his friends to the children's church. After a few visits, he received a name tag and became convinced he was a member. My wife Tammy and I thought, well, if he likes it that much, why shouldn't we give it a try? Well, we're still here today. This morning, we're talking about fathers, and that got me thinking about how we as fathers need to model commitment to the church for our kids. I serve on the parking team here at the church because I believe the church and its missions are important. I started serving on the parking team because one of our church elders, Tom Morris, lived in our neighborhood and he would walk in the evenings. He knew I attended FCC and one evening asked if I would be willing or interested in serving. I liked the idea, so I decided to give it a try. After a few times volunteering, I knew I had found a place for me to serve. The parking teams are the first people you see when you arrive on campus. We are basically an extension of the greeting team, but out in the church parking lot. When you only go to one service, you can't interact with everybody who attends FCC. But by serving on the parking team, I get to meet and greet a lot more people who worship here. When you serve at the church, you become part of something. You feel like you belong. It's more than just attending, you are serving. I believe all that is important, and I want to pass that belief to my kids. I want my kids to see that I love Christ and want to serve His church. And I also want my kids to follow in my footsteps. My daughter, Abigail, recently started serving on the greeter team. While I'm out in the church parking lot welcoming people, my daughter and her team are at these doors greeting people into the church building. And I love that because it shows that serving Christ in His church not only matters to me, it matters to her, my daughter. And we see a biblical model for what I and my family are trying to do in Acts chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, where we find the Apostle Paul and Luke traveling to Jerusalem. The Bible says, Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. In this passage, we encounter Philip. Philip was an evangelist, a preacher who shared the good news of Jesus with others. In Acts chapter 8, he preached the gospel to an Ethiopian rural official on his way back to Africa. And after he preached the gospel to this Ethiopian official, Philip baptized him. And the official went home ready to share the good news of Jesus with others. Now, fast forward to our passage in Acts 21, and we discover that Philip lived in Caesarea and had four daughters. Furthermore, the passage shows that Philip dedicated his life to sharing the good news of Jesus and serving the church. And so did his daughters who followed those followers' example. Philip evangelized for the church and Philip's four daughters prophesied for the church. Like Philip, we fathers need to model commitment to the church so that our children learn to value and serve the church too. So fathers, find a place to serve in the church. Serve with welcome or students or worship or production or outreach or parking. Find a way to serve in the church. Show your children that Christ and His church matter to you. Be like Philip the evangelist and model faithful commitment to Christ and His church out of love for Christ and out of love for your children. Happy Father's Day. I'm Ethan, one of the ministers here. 
And I'm so excited about all that we're learning today from some of the fathers of the Bible. Some fathers to many children, like Jacob, and some fathers to the children of others, like Mordecai. And we've got one more father to learn from, a father who had clear priorities that can be an example for all of us. You know, figuring out what your priorities should be is tricky in life, but figuring out what they really are actually isn't as hard. I don't mean what you say they are, but what they really are. You just find out what do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time on? What gets your first energy and your best energy? No matter what you say, those are your priorities. Like this, it isn't much, but this is the first home improvement project that I started after we moved to Tennessee. It's a shed for my kayaks. Uh, you can be a judge of whether those are good priorities or bad priorities, but it makes it pretty clear what matters to me, right? Apparently it's kayaking. Well, in Luke chapter eight, we meet a dad whose priorities are pretty clear. Jesus has been traveling and has just returned to the shores of the Eastern Galilee. Luke 8 tells us, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. And then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. So Jesus goes with him, and the crowds start heading to Jairus' house. Now in the midst of this crowd, there's another woman who needs healing and Jesus stops to care for her. But this of course delays their trip to Jairus' house. I can just imagine Jairus watching Jesus heal and then care for this woman thinking, but my daughter, we have to get to my daughter, we'll be late. And sure enough, they were. Just then, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Well, you can read the rest of the story in Luke 8, but Jesus is exactly right. Jairus trusts Jesus and brings Jesus to his daughter, and she is healed, brought from death to life. You see, on that day, there was a lot going on, and a lot of people had varying priorities but not Jairus. He had one priority. He just wanted his daughter to meet Jesus because he knew that that would make all the difference. He, he embarrassed himself in front of the crowds, begging on his hands and knees in the middle of the street because nothing mattered more to him than his daughter meeting Jesus because he knew her life depended on it. And fathers, on this Father's Day, I just want to ask you, where does that rank on your priorities? Are you prioritizing making sure your kids meet Jesus as if their life depends on it? Because it does. And for all of us, I'm so proud of our volunteers last week at kids camp. Dozens and dozens of people proving that one of their priorities is making sure the kids of our city meet Jesus. See, I'll tell you a secret about this shit. I didn't really build it because I like kayaking. I mean, I do, but I built it because having these kayaks and a trailer ready to pull them gives me more time to spend with my kids because they love kayaking too. I think about this and I think about Jairus and I find myself challenged as a dad. Maybe you're challenged too.
What am I doing? What are you doing to make sure your kids get to know Jesus? Are you working as hard to make sure they know Jesus as you are to make sure they get good grades? Are you working as hard to make sure they know Jesus as you are to make sure they're good at soccer? Are you working as hard to get your kids to church and small group and kid venture as you do to get them to school and doctor's appointments and t-ball practice? For every one of us, whether you're a father or not, if someone looked at your life, could they be able to tell that bringing kids to Jesus and bringing Jesus to the next generation is a priority in your life like it was for Jairus? Well, Father's Day is a good day for celebration and a good day for challenge. And I'm so grateful for all who have shared today. But right now, let me just pray to our Heavenly Father for a blessing on us all. God, you are our Heavenly Father. You created us and loved us more purely and perfectly than any earthly father ever could. But we do thank you today, God, for our earthly fathers who in small ways seek to be a father modeled after you. I thank you for those who are fathers, God, who are trying to see your example and love the people in their lives the way you love us. And I thank you for the many that are not fathers and never will be, but have accepted the example you set as one who loves all children. And they too are trying to love like a good father would. Mostly we thank you for your son, Jesus, who taught us that you are our heavenly father, that you loved us so much that you'd send your son to die for us and by whom we are saved. Thank you for Jesus, dear Heavenly Father. And we pray all this in his name. Amen.